It's everyone's favorite golf tournament of the year, and the world's best golfers are in Augusta, Georgia this weekend to compete for the coveted green jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land on the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 101 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you have not tried DraftKings, there is no time better than right now. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. 101 odds and an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action and choose your golfer before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choice finishes in the top 10 at the Masters this weekend. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another edition of the Basketball Podcast, the number one basketball history podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network. And we're number one because we are the only one. I'm Jeremy Brenner, the CEO of Basketball Nostalgia here today. And this week, it's Agent Zero Week. That's right. We're talking all things Gilbert Arenas on this episode of the Passable Podcast. This week, we have two jam-packed, super awesome, fantastic, spectacular episodes documenting Gilbert Arenas' tenure with the Washington Wizards. And it's a very unique in it's a very unique era of Washington Wizards basketball. It kind of gave the team its first real, you know, t- like first real grasp of playoff success since the 70s or early 80s. And this is an important time in Wizards franchise history. And I have the absolute number one perfect person to come and talk about this with me. He is the one of our newest shows here on the Basketball Podcast Network. It's He's the host of the Wizards Walkthrough Podcast here on TBPN. It's Chase Carroll. Chase, welcome to the Passable Podcast, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great, man, and I'm really excited to talk about the Gilbert Arenas era of, of Wizards basketball because there's not much uh, other great Wizards eras in which to talk about. So this, you know, when you asked me to come on talk about the Gilbert Arenas era, I was very excited to do so. Yeah, you know, I think because you and I are similar ages, right? I'm I'm 22, gonna be 23. How old? Like, how old were you when Gilbert Arenas was brought to Washington? How old were you when that was going down? So he was brought in 2003 when I was, uh, I would say, about seven years old. I was born in 1996, so I'm, I'm 24 years old. So this is this is the prime era in which I grew up on, 
Wizards basketball when when my fandom became its strongest uh, when I was just a little kid was was the Gilbert Arenas era, mostly because of Gilbert. But uh, I'm sure we'll get into a couple of these other guys that also helped uh, pave my fandom along the way. Yeah, because look, Gilbert Arenas was the face of this franchise during these years, but he could not have done it just by himself. He definitely had some help that made this Wizards team a legit threat in the East at this time. You know, I mean, there were other teams that were in the East around the time, the Pistons being probably the primary threat to win it all as they were a conference final, you know, lock for these years. But there were other teams that were trying to challenge that the Heat were up there and the Wizards were right there as well. They were competitive throughout the playoffs in a a good chunk of Gilbert Arenas' tenure. Absolutely. And uh, as you said, they didn't have any playoff success for years before Gilbert Arenas. And, and really when Anton Jameson got in there is, is when the playoff success started. Well, uh, as far as playoff success, Wizards playoff success, making it to the second round. That's that's kind of what they what we as a franchise have considered success over the years, uh, because there hasn't been much more than that, uh, <laughs> at least since they've been the Wizards. Yeah. So let's officially kick this off and rewind back to 2003. At this point, Gilbert Arenas is a second-year player with the Golden State Warriors. He is a West Coast. He's from L.A. He played his college ball at Arizona. He started his career with the Golden State Warriors. He stayed on the West Coast. But because he's a second-round pick, he enters restricted free agency after his second year. And he his 2002-2003 season had was one of his best seasons um definitely his best season with the warriors out of the two that he had he was the most improved player of the year he averaged 18 points a game started every single game that season for the warriors he's only 21 years old so there was a lot of upside for a guy like gilbert arenas and it's no surprise that the wizards offered him a six-year contract worth i believe $66 million. That's a lot of money for a guy that has only been in the league for two seasons. The Warriors felt that they could not match and Gilbert Arenas became a member of the Washington Wizards. So at this point, you know, Chase, Michael Jordan had officially retired and the team was looking for a new direction. And they turned to Gilbert Arenas and said, here's the franchise. Good luck with it. Absolutely. This is one of the few times in in the last decade or two where the Wizards were kind of blessed with some talent. You know, the the Wizards were blessed with the John Wall first overall pick. There's that's one of the times where they were just blessed with talent. And the other one is when Gilbert Arenas fell into their lap. This is a guy that obviously he had a lot of talent. He showed it with the Warriors, but I think he was really just needing that change of scenery in order to really become the star that he that he ended up becoming, a guy that could really take over a franchise and be the guy. And the Wizards gave him that opportunity. And as you said, the Michael Jordan era was a really rough one. They needed someone who could come in and really change things, really change um, not necessarily uh, – you know the 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 locker room presence. Obviously, we'll get into that later. But he he changed the feeling around DC about Wizards basketball because there there was a time period where the fan base was pretty dormant before he got in there. And once he got in there, once he and Anton Jameson, Karan Butler, which ended up becoming the big three that era, 
the, the fan base was really revitalized by Gilbert Arenas and some of the things he was doing on the court nightly. You know, he was going toe to toe with Kobe Bryant in games, had a 60 point game uh, against Kobe Bryant, I believe. And, um, you know, he, he was just a, a nightly show, something that the Wizards fan base was in desperate need of at the time. It, is it safe to say he put them on the map again? Yeah, they they were definitely on the map for the, for uh, a few years there. You know, they were constantly fighting in that top four range in the Eastern Conference. That's something that the Wizards haven't really even seen since then. You know, in in the John Wall era when they were playing at their best, they were around that four, five, six seed. Like they were they were never really pushing um, the the top seeds like the Wizards were back in the Gilbert Arenas era. There was there was times where. Uh, the Wizards are actually at the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference during the the Gilbert Arenas era. That's something we absolutely haven't come close to seeing since. So that I, I would definitely argue that he put the Wizards on the map for a, for a short period of time. Yeah, because at this point, when they had Michael Jordan, in some ways, it was kind of seen as a publicity stunt. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan, as great as he is, when he came to the Wizards, he was not expected or there was no real expectations for that Wizards team to really take off. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to contend now and we're going to do it with 38-year-old Michael Jordan. Like, that's our answer to be on top of the NBA. Like, they were doing that because the Wizards at the time were trying to reshape their image. They were trying to shed off the Washington Bullets era. And the Bullets you know, ironically enough, kind of pops back into the story. <laughs> um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's episode. But, you know, so the Wizards are kind of, at this point, they don't have much of an identity. They're the, oh, we took Michael Jordan out of retirement and, you know, to, to sub 500 records. That's about it. Um, but Gilbert Arenas gave this team a true identity and it took time for that to develop you know his first season he was injured a lot and obviously that plays into a lot of uh, Gilbert's tenure as well and we'll definitely dive into that a little bit more tomorrow but this episode I want to focus a little bit more on the highlights of this era so Gilbert Arenas had Larry Hughes had Jerry Stackhouse had you know Kwame Brown who at this point was not as strong as his draft position intended him to be, but he wasn't a slouch. Like he was still a pretty important player on this team and he wasn't like a total waste of space, I guess you could call it. But the off season after Gilbert Arenas' first year there, I think they make the most important move of this, uh, of this era. And it's them trading Jerry Stackhouse to Dallas in a major trade that ends up sending Antoine Jameson to the Wizards and I think creates a much stronger pairing between Gilbert and Antoine Jameson. With him and Stackhouse, they they were very similar in the fact that they were both scorers and Gilbert Reyes needed someone to compliment him a little bit better rather than clash with him and I think Antoine Jameson did that for him. Absolutely. That was definitely the the greatest trade, in my opinion, of that Gilbert Arenas era was bringing in this, a second guy in Anton Jameson to take the load off him. Because as you said, in his first year, he had he had a little bit of talent around him, but 
definitely didn't really mesh with the the type of game Gilbert Arenas w- would play. He was a scorer. That's a guy that you want to have the ball in your hands. So to to get a guy who's a power forward, a guy that can pick and pop with you, that was something that really I think took Gilbert Arenas's game to the next level, and and it also took Anton Jamison's game to the next level because as you said, they took a chance on Gilbert Arenas, but they were also taking a bit of a chance on Anton Jamison, who who he, he had a you know he was definitely a great player in his early days before the Wizards. He had a six man of the year award, but this was the first opportunity for him to really become a star, you know, be, be the second piece on a team. Um, and he was able to do that alongside Gilbert Arenas very well. Uh, we saw later on in certain uh, playoff series, he had to actually shoulder a lot more of that load, especially with the injuries that Gilbert Arenas ended up, uh, you know, having throughout his career. Yeah, and that trade, honestly, if you think about it, it was actually just a really good trade for both teams because at the end of the day, Jerry Stackhouse, although he is a little bit older than Anton Jameson, he fits better for what Dallas is doing because Dirk is there. And Dirk and and Anton Jameson were – that's why he came off the bench because he was the power forward. And they needed a little bit more balance on their team. The Wizards needed a big – the – the Mavs needed a guard, and it just it was a natural fit for both teams. And Antoine Jameson gets this opportunity in Washington when he's a little bit more established as, as a player, and he ends up making the all-star team in that 0405 season along with Gilbert Arenas. And we're starting to look here, and this has been one of the more successful runs for the Wizards as they head down the stretch here. Do you have any memories from that 0405 year chase that you want to share or anything that made you think like, wow, this team is is pretty good? So from the 0405 year, um, yeah, that, that was a great year. 45 and 37. That that was their best year in 26 years previous to that. So uh, as a kid, I was just entering a good good era of Wizards basketball. I didn't really have to. You know, I, I definitely saw the Michael Jordan era as a real young child. Went to my first games during the Michael Jordan era. But, uh, you know, the real Wizards basketball that I, I actually grew to understand and love was probably that that year, the 0405 year. Um, you know, their first playoff appearance since like 1997 um, and, and the first time they got to the second round since like 1982. So um, really that, that year was one that I thought was going to kickstart uh, you know, a great era in Wizards basketball. And it, it was a great era in Wizards basketball, but I don't think it reached the level that many of us wanted it to. Mostly as, as we've mentioned here previously, a lot of injuries to Gilbert Arenas um, and, and some other things that ended up happening along the way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, it, the 0405 year was, was a great year. Let's talk about that playoff series that they ended up winning. And, and since then they have won uh, three playoff series since then they won in 14, 15 and in 17, but this 0405 uh, season, it was, I think a little bit more special just because they had gone so long without winning anything and they faced the Chicago Bulls in the in the first round and this was the 4-5 matchup at this point the Pistons were the defending champions and the Heat were seen as a real strong threat but this was kind of the second tier of teams if you will with the Wizards and the Bulls 
they were kind of fighting to be that fourth team to kind of really step in and challenge the Heat in round two. And the the Bulls the Bulls win both games at home to start the season to start the series. Wizards respond, they win their two games at home. And then game five, I, I watched the highlights before coming on here today, and it's a very, very interesting uh interesting turn of events and not necessarily a good one for the wizards so basically to kind of put it put it like lightly the wizards were on point this whole game they were up 14 at halftime they had this game in the bag they were up by as much as 20 in the second half but this lead began to quickly diminish it could have been terrible for the wizards uh, they were up 10 with less than – they were up 10 with 42 seconds to go. And at, with five seconds to go, this game is tied. <laughs> do you do you remember watching this game, Chase? I, I do remember watching that game, but a lot of them just blend together at this point because that just sounds <laughs> oh, like – that just sounds like Wizards basketball over the years. Is uh, Any lead you have, I think as a Wizards fan, you've you've come to realize this isn't necessarily safe. You can't necessarily, with 45 seconds left, turn off your television because, um, you know that that that's a perfect example of of why because stuff like that just happened all throughout the Wizards uh, Gilbert Arenas era. I don't know if you remember the game where Michael Ruffin, um, he he gets the ball with about five seconds left. He throws the ball into the air, thinking that the Wizards have won the game, and the Raptors grab it and chuck mm-hmm. about a, a Mo a, Peterson, a, yeah, about a nearly a half court shot and hits the shot. And that's just that's that's just Wizards basketball right there. So yeah. that that game's a perfect example. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, this is a this is another example of why you shouldn't turn off the TV because if you did. And you turn off the TV either celebrating the fact that the Wizards have already won or just turning off the TV in pure disgust after Gennaro Pargo hits this game-tying three that should have never happened because how this how this happened. So the Bulls are down three. Kirk Heinrich was shooting free throws. He misses the first, and then he is supposed to miss the second, but he doesn't actually look like he's trying to. It just naturally happens. And then the ball, the Wizards fail to fully grab the rebound, and it somehow just magically drifts over to Gennaro Pargo in, like, the perfect spot, you know, spot up three, nails it, ties the game. United Center goes bonkers because they are they just tied game five of the playoffs after being down 20 in the second half, after being down 10 just a minute before. And this is looking like a terrible collapse on the Wizards' end until our man of the hour, Mr. Hibachi himself, Gilbert Arenas, saves the day. So do you remember this shot? And if so, Chase, I want you to talk me through it. Yeah, I definitely remember that shot. He's... He's known. He's called Hibachi for a reason. His he's able to heat up at any moment, and this is just one of those times where, uh, over the course of his Wizards career, he missed a lot of games. That's for sure. But when he played, he was hitting clutch shots just like he did in Game Five uh, to to win the game for the Wizards. You know, I, I talk about. Uh, I'll probably talk about in a little bit the uh, Cavaliers era where the Wizards played the Cavaliers three straight years lost to them the first round three straight years. Um, 
but people people remember him for missing clutch free throws. What they should remember him for are a lot of the clutch shots he hit over the course of his career. He hit a lot of really tough shots to win games, and the Wizards had a lot of impressive play-by-play calls based on that. Um, so it, it was an exciting era of basketball, and that game in particular I think was the start of um, what, what really got him into that next level of stardom which was unfortunately probably cut short, but that that was really what started it, in my opinion. I think once you hit, once you have playoff success, you're seen as someone different. Like you kind of grow in terms of your legacy. Your legacy grows when right. you when you hit when you win it when you win in the playoffs, and not only when you win in the playoffs, but when you have a moment like Gilbert Arenas did in the playoffs. And I think Gilbert Arenas is one of the kind of forgotten players in this era. And maybe it has to do with the fact that the second half of his career and what came of uh, what came of it kind of took this first half of his career, at least the first part of his success, and almost washed it away. And that's, in a way, unfortunate. Not just, you know for Gilbert Arenas, but for, but for NBA fans, because I truly believe Gilbert Arenas is uh, one of the most underrated players to come out of the NBA the last 20 years. I, I think, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that his second half of his career is overshadowing of his success, which is so unfortunate. But when he was on his game chase, Gilbert Arenas was on his game better than almost anyone in the league. Absolutely. I think when you look at the the course of his career, at least the high point of his career, he's comparable, in my opinion, to guys like Damian Lillard, um, the way he played the game, at least. I, I don't want to say that he is as good as Damian Lillard because that's a tough comparison. But I think Gilbert Arenas would have thrived in an era like today where he could just launch and launch and launch at will. Guys like you know, like Damian Lillard pulling from the logo. I think that's the type of game Gilbert Arenas had in an era in which uh, it was pretty rare. You know, this guy was putting up nearly 30 points a game in an era that, um, that that didn't happen as often as it does today. Guys score like crazy today, but um, to do it in that era where three-point shooting wasn't you know as prevalent as it is today, that, that guy w- was a walking bucket. And I, I think, as you said, injuries and uh, legal issues got, I think, really got in the way of people really understanding how good this guy was. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant used to tell everybody just how good this guy was. So if, if you get respect from Kobe, I think you should be able to get respect from anyone in the game of basketball. Yeah, in his in in the height of his career, which his his three All Star seasons oh five oh six oh seven, he averaged. 25, 29, and 28. And he shot better than 35% from three in each of those three seasons. And if the volume, and if he played today, the volume would be only higher. And I think his ceiling would only be higher. I think the Damian Lillard comparison, although it's lofty because Damian Lillard is that good, but I think he is that good. Honestly, I think maybe a, a similar comparison. It's like not Damian Lillard, but kind of where he is. Maybe like a Devin Booker. 
in yeah. a way. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good but comparison. But he can finish. Like Devin Booker doesn't have the same kind of finishing ability as as um, as Gilbert Arenas had, but maybe like a like a I don't want to say James Harden or like a John Wall. Yeah, that, uh- I, 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 people have given him the James Harden comparison Mitchell, before, maybe? like, like, but before, you know, the guy who did it before paved the way for these guys, definitely not as talented as a James Harden probably, but I mean, not, not really many people ever will be that. So yeah, Gilbert Arenas definitely has a similar style of play from James Harden from, uh, I think you could pick out a lot of his game and a, a lot of the stars today. And I think Devin Booker was also a really good comparison for Gilbert Arenas yeah and we'll talk a little bit more about why Gilbert Arenas's career went the way it did on tomorrow's episode I think this is a good place to park for now and leave our listeners on a bit of a cliffhanger but thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Passable Podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Passable that's P-A-S-T-K-E-T ball you can also uh, head to the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsPodNet. Be sure to follow my guest of honor today, Mr. Chase Carroll. Uh, feel free to drop your Twitter handle now, Chase, and anything that you're working on for the listeners. Yeah, my Twitter is at ChaseCarroll underscore, and you can find my podcast, Wizards Walkthrough with Chase Carroll, on just about any podcast platform you listen to. Um I would appreciate a subscription or uh, a review, whatever you feel the need to do. I'd love to have you guys uh, follow along. Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit more about a project that I'm working on. So uh, this project, it's a passion project of mine that I've been working on for a little over a year now, but it's finally coming into fruition to be given to the listeners for consumption. So I am working on an NBA basketball 2K simulation. So we start the league with the year 2000 and we let the league simulate itself out. We let the game, we let 2K do all the work and we watch and we analyze. And I'm working on that now. It should be coming out really, really soon. I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks. And, you know, one of the greatest players in the simulation when I was testing it out, Chase, you want to guess who it was? It's got to be Agent Zero. Absolutely. So I'm I'm curious to see what he'll do when I actually redo it for a broadcast and for listeners out there. So I'm really excited to see how that goes. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to check us out tomorrow for part two of Gilbert Arenas Week here at the Passable Podcast. And until next time, rewind and be kind.